to another episode of the Gridiron Zeros podcast. We are going to be recapping the NFL draft, which was uh, super duper interesting uh, news breaking on Thursday afternoon that Aaron Rodgers wants out of Green Bay. So we'll get into that. Uh, no topical segment this week. We have too much to cover. So what are we getting into after the NFL draft? Too jam-packed this week to have any topics besides the draft, really, and just some some news. Uh, mm-hmm. A little bit later in the week, we our schedules were a little bit uh, a little full this week, so we got a jam-packed show. Uh, Lions talk. We're going to obviously talk about their draft class. Uh, Frank Ragnow gets a new deal, and uh, a familiar friend comes back to Detroit uh, this season to join the tight end room, so we'll get into that too. A friend also leaving, which is uh, a little depressing. That's true. I completely forgot to mention that. Yeah. So let's uh, let's go ahead and jump right in. So this week we had uh, huge, or this past week we had massive, massive news. Uh, unless you've been living under a rock, you've probably heard about the rumors that Aaron Rodgers wants out of Green Bay. He does not plan on returning in 2021 slash 2022. And uh, the whole world was set on fire by this ton of rumors coming out uh, saying that people were going to try to trade up in the draft or trade for him in the draft by giving up. Uh, probably a astronomical amount of picks. Uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, well, I loved people on draft night talking about it and making it sound like Aaron Rodgers planned his revenge, you know, to come out the night of the draft, a year from them drafting Jordan Love. That kind of became a narrative. Yeah. Uh, that it was a very calculated move and, like, he mm-hmm. intentionally – you know, went and balled out last year and then said, just dropped a bomb on everyone draft night and kind of sent everyone scrambling. Um, it has huge implications, honestly, like league-wide. If, Absolutely. If, if he got moved. Um, MVP quarterback? Probably going to the AFC if he did get moved because yeah. the, the Packers, they don't want to play against yeah. him if they had to. Uh, but it's it's really interesting, man. It's come to a boiling point. And uh, as I've stated on this show many times, I, I – hate the guy so I, I really hope he, he's on Green Bay it would make yeah. my life a lot better it would uh, but like the whole relationship has just been soured since they drafted Jordan Love and last year or even before that really I mean they it refused was. to get him help they kind of it was a little shut up touchy a times uh, up until that point but you know nothing nothing like this really and even after you know obviously people cracked jokes and you know said uh, like, oh, Aaron Rodgers is probably super pissed off. But, you know, he never really heard anything about it from the Packers or Rodgers. But um, even after, the, I think the other, you know, huge tipping point was the NFC playoffs when they were playing Tampa Bay down, I think, 10 with a little over two or three minutes left in the game. The, the field goal. Fourth and goal. And they decide to kick a field goal there when you have – Aaron Rodgers on your team as your quarterback. Uh, so, I mean, like, the hit, they kicked the field goal, but you still need a touchdown. So, it really didn't help him in the end. Rodgers, he had that press conference afterwards where, you know, he sounded he, – he kind of alluded to an idea that he wasn't coming back, that he was super pissed off. Which also blew everyone up at yeah. the time. That was, that was a yeah. big deal. At, at the time, absolutely. Dies down a little bit. Um we get the video of him riding in the back of a truck with a case of Bud Light, you know, which was, you know, a, a call for help, I think, you know. So it's some Ben Affleck-esque uh, content yeah, right there. Absolutely. Well, he, you know, like the thing about it is that I think the reason the relationship has gotten so soured is because as soon as Matt LaFleur got here and, you know, they replaced McCarthy, mm-hmm. who – I think Rodgers was a big advocate for getting rid of Mike McCarthy oh, because yeah. he, you know, he couldn't get them over the hump uh-huh. and he just was kind of stale with the scheme. And yeah. Rodgers said, let's, let's get a change of scenery. But when LaFleur got here, it feels like the mentality of the Packers has been 
the Packers over Aaron Rodgers. Like, yeah. we're a team. You're not the team. You're not the franchise. And we're going to do what we think is best for the longevity of the team. And, mm-hmm. you know, in most situations, that's how you should run a team. Yeah. But the thing is, is that you have arguably the best quarterback in football on your team. And he's he's a big part of why you're so successful. And without him, we've seen what they are without him. Yeah. And it's not absolutely. Good. And we haven't seen Jordan Jordan Love yet, so maybe you know maybe he'll be something special too. Knowing Green Bay's luck with quarterbacks here, but I, I think it's kind of like, it's finally just come to a boiling point where the relationship seems broken. And I don't really know if if he is going to get moved. I if you're asking me my like my opinion if I think he's going to be the starter for Green Bay next year, I'm going to say yeah. I mean it's it's going to be it's going to take a Hall of assets to to move him for sure. That's kind of where I'm at with it too. Um, I really don't. In the Packers have come out and said this already that they don't plan on moving him, which you know can go one of two ways. Like how do they fix this though? Yeah, I mean you don't. So like in my head, like yeah, I I don't think he's gonna get moved, but I don't know what the process is that they have. My they offered him an extension apparently, like a new contract, yeah. like a new deal to stay around, and they want to show commitment to him, but mm-hmm. apparently he said no. He's not yeah. interested. Uh, so I think he – I don't think he's going to play this upcoming year. I think it's going to come to that, honestly. You think he's just going to completely take the year off? Yeah, I really do. I think uh, I think what a huge possibility is is that he goes and hosts Jeopardy for a year and gets out of his contract. I think he has one year left. I don't know. Let's but, uh, Let's – Let's talk about, like, the timing of this, though, right? It comes out on the draft, night of the first round of the draft, that this is a story, okay? Mm-hmm. Most of the teams going into the draft either are planning on drafting a quarterback and or, or they have their plans set as far as that goes. So, like, really now at this point, because of the timing of all this stuff going down, there's only, like, a couple of partners that make sense to even – do this deal to to get him so that like who who is benefiting from putting that story out there the night of the draft the packers are limiting themselves with trade partners rogers is yeah he's getting his you know his revenge if you will but he's also limiting himself with mm-hmm. trade partners because the 49ers they apparently made a call but they took trey lance yeah. and they have jimmy garoppolo <clears throat> they don't they're not going to go get air Rodgers now that they're not going to do that Mm-hmm. I don't think. I mean, they're no. Knows. I don't think so either. But that's the kind of situation most teams are, and they're kind of all set after the draft now. I mean, the really the Broncos, Broncos are the only teams that make any sense. Yeah, but at the same time, like if you feel that you have a team built out like the 49ers, and you can go get Aaron Rodgers, you're going to do it. I just don't think at this point there's a lot of teams where it makes sense to go give up two, three first round picks or whatever it's going to cost you. To go get them when you kind of already have a solution in place. I don't even think it would be two or three. I think it would be a lot more. The first rounders, you think yeah. so? Yeah. I yeah. could see like five first rounders being involved. He is one of the greatest, but he's also at the 37. Back half of his career. Yeah. Like well over the back half of his career. He's closer to the end than the beginning by a mile. Yeah. So looking at his contract, um, I think he's an unrestricted free agent in 2024. And he's going to be 41. So my plan of him sitting out this year probably won't happen. Um, but again, who knows? I really, I don't see him coming back. Um, and he has, it says on here, I, I can't understand contracts for the life of me, but it says he has a potential out in 2022. So maybe, maybe he does have a way to sit out this year and then come back and play next year. Um, but Again, who knows? I don't think that they trade him because. Do you see him as this day one starter next year? For, for whatever for, team for, for Green Bay. Oh, Green Bay. oh, uh, for this upcoming season? Yeah. No, I really don't. You you see him sitting out and doing yeah. Jeopardy over him coming back? Yeah. He does have enough money to do it. I think he's. Going I know to that's what I'm saying. You know, like, he does that. Yeah, he, he'll, he'll lose. He'll lose a lot of money doing that. Because I mean, like, there's no way that Jeopardy is going to match that contract. I think he's slated to make twenty five point five million 
this upcoming season. So we're going to be at a point this summer where we've got two of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL with Rodgers and Deshaun Watson refusing to play for their teams. Well, I mean, Deshaun Watson probably not refusing to play for his team. I mean, that guy's just caught up in some sticky waters. Well, before all that, before all that, uh, he, I mean, he, yeah, he was trade on the table for a trade. Yeah. No, he, he said he's not coming back. I mean, he was in the I same he was in the know. same situation as Rodgers. He, demand, he was demanding out of Houston, which is why everything got to a boiling point there. And then the legal issues started happening or you yeah. know, coming to light, and that's kind of become the, the main narrative. But, you know, don't forget, he, he does not want to be there. Yeah. So it's really interesting. It is. It is. Uh, all right, so that leads us into the 2021 NFL draft, which uh, definitely had some left turns. It was some spicy some stuff. It was that, a spicy first yeah, round. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the first thing uh, that comes to light is the third overall pick. First two were given, or uh, yeah, given. Uh, it was Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. We went two for two. We were feeling ourselves. Yeah, time. yeah, and then everything got flipped on its head when the 49ers decided to take Trey Lance. Thoughts on that pick? Uh, it was a huge surprise. It was. It. I mean, it was because we we did our pre-draft show, mm-hmm. and we were talking about how Mac Jones is. That's it's written in because yeah. the the reports were that he's the most pro-ready for probably about two months. Blah blah blah. His his stock was rising to the 49ers, and they traded up. We thought he was the guy. So I think everyone was a little confused when mm-hmm. they he, they did take Trey Lance, who seems. Of the quarterbacks in this draft, they, he seems like the most developmental first rounder. 318 career attempts in college, which is <laughs> extremely, extremely low. It's a huge roll of the dice for yeah. them. And Massive. there's no doubt that he's got the physical skill set to be a really good quarterback in, the, in today's yeah. NFL. But his lack of experience to go up there at th- to three and get him, it, what it really shows me is that they are. They're gonna stick with Jimmy G this year if yeah. he, if he can play. I yeah. mean, if he's healthy, totally they restructured his deal. I, I think I'm pretty sure that's happened. Yeah. And if he can stay healthy, it's his job for maybe maybe even two years if he can stay healthy. But that's the main caveat to this is that yeah. like, can he stay on the field? And if he let's say he goes down like week three mm-hmm. or four, like he's one to do, you're gonna throw Trey Lance in there. Yeah, and is he gonna be ready? with a team that is most likely going to make a QB change this season just based on past events, is Trey Lance going to be ready to rock this season with a team that is Super Bowl caliber? Yeah. So I think it was a risky pick, but uh, they they must love him. The last quarterback to go that high with, you know, the low amount of career attempts in college. Trubisky. Trubisky. So that is a roll of the dice. Yeah. I mean, I I can't. I think it was a bad pick I think I think it was an interesting pick just because they gave up so much to go that's, up that's there. Kind of they probably could have gotten yeah, him lower. I mean, they were sitting at what twelfth? Yeah, yeah. The 12. Dolphins traded back up to six. They could have gotten Justin Fields if they just sat there. Yeah, no, they definitely could have. And uh, Mac Jones, Justin Fields. Honestly, I don't think anybody would have taken Trey Lance before twelve if they didn't take him. I've heard a couple people say that they made the like just like thinking about this trade and like looking into it like of the things like sports talk people uh-huh. and they're kind of just thinking like maybe the 49ers did trade up intending to get Mac Jones because that's who they wanted but then they kind of just did some further research and mm-hmm. deep diving into this class and Trey Lance was the guy that they fell in love with and they're kind of just like all right well we're here with three so we'll yeah. just take the guy that we wanted they kind of overthought it maybe a little bit maybe but in the game of trying to get your franchise quarterback, that isn't like the, the general rule. Like, just give up whatever you got to give up and go get your guy because yes. it kind of separates you from the pack. He's going to be on a rookie deal for a couple of years. That mm-hmm. team's loaded. They can keep adding pieces and keep making runs. And I don't know. It's a good it's a good setup for them cap-wise, I guess. But it's a big risk. It is. Massive. Uh, so that reminds me, uh, I went – Let's see. One for three in my picks. Uh, the only one that hit was Justin Fields going past eight. Which was uh, actually a, a shocker. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess. 
Um, well, it was a shocker. He went as as he slipped as far as he did. Yeah, I mean, we we were pegging a lot of teams to trade up into the top ten to take him, but um, my exact outcome for three, four, five was Jones, Pitts, Penne, uh, which leads us to the next pick that was just so mind boggling. And that was the Bengals taking Jamar Chase at five. We we were both watching the draft the first round together at my house, and we were both screaming at the TV like uh, like Couldn't confused. Could not could not believe it. Joe Burrow must have just said, "Get me my that guy." Has to be the only logical explanation. I'll 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 figure out how to stay, yeah. you healthy. know, healthy. Don't worry about it. We got Riley Reef. <laughs> we're good. I think a lot of people were saying that it was uh, a relatively deep draft for offensive linemen. I'm assuming they took some later. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, if everybody's so unbelievably hyped up about Penny Sewell, there has to be a reason for it. Calling him a generational talent. One NFL head coach said that he is the one surefire Hall of Famer in this draft class. You know, I, I can't understand how you don't take him over Jamar Chase. It's, and you have a franchise quarterback, and I feel like it's proven at this point. He was good when he played last year. Like, he proved that yeah. he can be a franchise quarterback. Yeah, for sure. I don't understand how you don't take somebody that can be a generational talent in protecting him. Here's, here's the argument I can make, I guess, for it, is that next year's draft, there will be a, a top – Offensive lineman. There won't be Joe Burrow's best buddy wide receiver that he played with at LSU. That's not going to be there. And the chances of them reuniting, like they had the chance to just do it, and Joe Burrow probably wanted it. And mm-hmm. I mean, he's an explosive player. I mean, no doubt this is going to make this offense. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I mean, that receiving core, solidified wide receiver one. That receiving core, receiving core is stacked. Yeah, it's it's really really good. So. You can make an argument for it. It's not the worst pick in the world. It is confusing because Penny Sewell seemed like like a, a sure thing. Fit. Perfect fit. Yeah. It's a desperate need for them. Yes, absolutely. But I really do think that they just saw this opportunity as just, we're not going to have a chance to do this ever again. We're going to have chances yeah. to get offensive linemen in free agency, trades, the draft, etc. We're not going to have a chance to get Joe Burrow's best friend. Mm. So that's how I look at it. I don't like it. I don't like it. Explanation. Yeah. I don't know. But uh, another, we actually had two more wide receivers reuniting with their college quarterback. Uh, Jalen Waddle goes at six and reunites with Tua Tunga Vailoa, and uh, I I think it's a great pick for them. You know, they get a very explosive wide receiver and uh, wide receiving core that probably needed some. Updating. We talked about it going into this. Tua really needs a weapon. He needs like, a good year. And he because he needs to show that he is the answer for them and that they didn't make a mistake in drafting another quarterback at, at their spot because they had their options too mm-hmm. in this draft. And they're probably hoping not to be picking that high anytime soon because they have a good team. Uh I like the pick. I, I'm surprised again that it wasn't Jamar Chase because we thought he was just gonna fall in their laps. That didn't happen. So this was kind of the next best thing, and it's a reunion, so that's good. I think he'll be pivotal in Tua's, um, you know, upbringing, I guess. His d- development, being, yeah. yeah. Development into a franchise quarterback. Um, so I think that that was, that was a solid pick by them. The other wide receiver uh, quarterback duo, duo that reunites is Devontae Smith, the Heisman Trophy winner, uh, going at 10 after the Philadelphia Eagles traded up and being reunited with quarterback Jalen Hurts. Same kind of thing as Tua, right? You just got to see what you got with him, and mm-hmm. getting him a comfortable, familiar weapon is a good thing. It's a good fit. And the Eagles have really struggled finding receivers these last couple of years. They really need oh, this guy God, to pan out. They really need him. And uh, I know they've got some younger guys, too, who kind of showed some flashes last year, mm-hmm. including our own Travis Fulgham, <laughs> who actually yeah. kind of looked good. But, uh, yeah, it's a good fit. I like it. Yeah, I think uh, – I mean, I'm in the uh, boat that Jalen Hurts is not a good quarterback, uh, and I don't care who you put around him. If if he can't throw an accurate pass, it's not going to be catchable. Well, look at, like, Lamar, though. I mean, Lamar is way more athletic than him. But, yeah. like, remember his first year in the league where 
people were really concerned about his actual like throwing of the ball and like his accuracy and like is he going to be a good passer? Like, there's no question he's a great scrambler and athlete, but can he be a good passer? He developed his passing, and now he's like he's a pretty darn good quarterback. So maybe you could kind of make an argument like that for for Jalen Hurts. I would actually make an argument that what you just said is incredibly inaccurate about Lamar. Yeah, the dude won MVP two years ago. Okay, yeah, he had a good season there. He had a bad season last year. I wouldn't say bad. I guess I wouldn't say bad either. But not MVP. He's not. He, dude, he is not a good passer. I'm telling you right now. I don't care. I'll stand on this hill until I die. He is not a good quarterback. That's why everybody is always cracking jokes that guy is a running back, <laughs> which rightfully so. <laughs> well, agree to disagree that he isn't a good quarterback. Okay. Agree to disagree on that. Agree you, to disagree. I, I could see him maybe not having as good of a year. But. Yeah. Um. All right, and let's get to the, I guess, a touchy subject for us. Um, the Chicago Bears trade up to 11, I believe, uh, with the New York Giants to go get Justin Fields, quarterback of the Ohio State Buckeyes. Um, a lot of people on our Twitter feed, uh, well, not a lot, but a couple of people were really upset that the Lions didn't take Justin Fields. Uh, which I don't agree with. We have to give Goff a shot. Um, but the Chicago Bears getting him doesn't really sit right with me either. Yeah, the second that they took him, you were like the more they're showing footage of him and stuff, you're like, man, I hate this guy. Yeah, no, it was like a development. I had no issues with Justin Fields, but now I have to say I am rooting on his downfall. All right, it, looking at this from an objective point of view, okay, because obviously – Obviously, I don't like the pick either yeah. because I'm a Lions fan. But they they got a really good pick here. They traded oh. up, and they got arguably, again, who knows with this class, but they got one of the better quarterback prospects in this class who fell mm-hmm. quite a few spots. And uh, we've been harping on them all offseason about Andy Dalton being a joke and, like, you know, this is not an answer for real. And I think I pegged them to finish second to last behind us or in front of us. And now, I mean, with the Aaron Rodgers news, who knows? They could very well end up winning the division this year. Who knows? They, they've they been competitive ever since Nagy yeah. has been there. And uh, they – I mean, are we, a, are we a little worried, I guess, that he's not even going to get on the field? And I mean, I shouldn't be worried because I'm a Lions fan. But are we objectively worried that he'll get on the field too late for their season to mean anything? Like, if you have I Andy Dalton – he's a day one starter. They already said Dalton's their starter. They had this – hilarious tweet with QB one and a picture of Dalton. Oh, I mean like that was way before the draft. Oh, was it? Oh yeah. That's when they signed him. Well, I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure Ryan Pace has already said too, Dude, that they, he's a there's starter. no humanly possible way that they're starting Andy Dalton over Justin. Well, Davis. it's like, it's just the, it's just the, the thing you do, right? It's you draft yeah, Ty, Baker Mayfield so. and Tyrod Taylor plays two games and then Baker Mayfield comes in. Yeah. With the Bears, they're in a they're in a window where they're going to try and go make the playoffs and make a run at the Super Bowl. Uh, I don't think Andy Dalton's going to get them remotely no, close. Absolutely not. <laughs> so I guess the question is, when does Fields start playing, and uh, is it going to be too late? But regard all that stuff aside, great pick. It's it's going to give a lot of juice to the Bears, and like they're going to yeah. be interesting to watch. Actually, probably since the first time since they traded for like Cleo Mack, like they'll actually be watchable and fun. I'm excited to see what Nagy can do with a quarterback that's not Mitchell Trubisky. It's going to be fun. If if they do end up starting Dalton week one, which I will be astonished. I'm telling you, they will, dude. I'm telling you right now. They will. I give him two weeks max. That, that is nothing. That's the shortest yeah. leash I've ever heard. I, dude, you think about it. If they come out and Dalton doesn't play good, that town is going to flip itself on its own head screaming put in Justin Fields. Didn't uh, didn't Mike Glennon start for a couple weeks when Trubisky had got drafted? Trubisky was not the day so. he was not the day one starter, I'm pretty I'm sure. Because sure. John Fox was the coach and he came in and did some good stuff but they kind of like they kind of like babied him a little bit and kind of just were like, you know, he had the training wheels on to a degree with the offense. He didn't do a lot his first year and then they let him go in year two. But I I, th- I don't think he started the year. I don't think he played the entire rookie season. It's funny because we were joking that there has not been an Ohio State quarterback that has been panned out as an actual quarterback in the NFL. Right. Um, so that is pretty interesting. 
But at the same time, I don't know if there's actually ever been a quarterback like Justin Fields coming out of OSU. Okay, you were right. He uh, he was back up to Mike Glennon. They started one and three, and then they put Trubisky in. What so, a uh, what a congrats to you. Thank you. What a um, not good outlook, not promising outlook, I guess. Too, if you think about it, with him being an OSU quarterback and going to the Bears. Yeah, both those things <laughs> don't sound good. Anybody in Michigan. Like if you're in Michigan, you probably hate Justin Fields. Huh? He he was talking in his introductory press conference about playing against Michigan. He just he just called them the team up north. <laughs> he didn't even call us Michigan, so he's already got bad. You know he he deserves Detroit. he's he deserves the credit to call them that. Honestly, <laughs> I mean Michigan is so bad. Um, let's uh, let's talk about a couple defensive players yeah, here. I was just about to get into that. So first defensive player off the board, J.C. Horn, cornerback, uh, goes to Carolina. I think this was a shock. Uh, yeah, a lot of people did not see this one coming. Um, he was not the number one defensive player on anybody's draft board. He was not the number one cornerback on anybody's draft board. Yet Carolina takes him at eight. Um, they pass up on Rashawn Slater. Rashawn Slater um, getting Darnold protection. They pass up on Devontae Smith uh, getting more firepower for Sam Darnold. They pass up on Micah Parsons getting a, a good linebacker back there. To replace Keekley. Yep. And uh, they end up going with J.C. Horn, um, the cornerback. I didn't really know that their secondary needed that much help. I This caught me by surprise. I didn't yeah. think so either. I thought that they – I didn't think they had like an amazing secondary, but not one so bad. Yeah, that you would have to go target a corner at eight. So it was surprising. Uh, I it was especially surprising that they didn't take Patrick Sertain. Yeah, because he was was pegged as the number one. Everyone was talking about him as the number one corner off the board. So they kind of did their own thing there. I I don't really have a whole lot to say on this. I'm just Mm -hmm. kind of surprised. Yeah, I think um, this might be a pick that comes back to haunt them because I think it's very rare that a cornerback taken that high pans out with the expectations that he's set with when he is taken that high. So if he doesn't come out and, you know, is the best cornerback in the NFL or not, not the NFL, sorry, the best corner rookie in, you know, this upcoming year and then provides, you know, a good, structure for them uh for the years to come that's that's a bad pick well i remember hearing when it, when the lions took okuda i remember hearing people saying that like corner is a hard position to come in year one and be a dominant that's nfl fair. player it is a completely different game for them now. and they're they're kind of in a weird spot as a, as a franchise right now they're kind of rebuilding they're kind of mm-hmm. kind of partially through it Kind of in the middle of it, I feel like a bit. Yeah. Like they're they're not. I don't think they're going to be like a playoff team this year, but they're kind of putting the pieces in place to maybe next year they will be. So as long as they see some good stuff from him and he's he flashes and maybe shows he can be an elite player, like you see glimpses of it, mm-hmm. it'll be it'll be okay. I think it'll be an okay pick. Yeah. Speaking of Patrick Sertain, so he goes to the Broncos. Mm-hmm. I think directly after. Yeah. Right? Eight nine. Pretty uh, shocking pick. Shock, shocking pick again because everyone, not everyone, a lot of people pegged them to take a quarterback. Having yeah, at that spot, but there's a rumor floating out there that the reason that they did not pull the trigger on a Justin Fields or Mac a Max Jones or I don't know, like Kellen Mond, he seemed like he would have been a Shut up. first round pick. <laughs> Anyways, uh, <laughs> is because they were in negotiations with the Packers to get Rodgers. I don't doubt it. Um, it is an interesting pick, and your report is interesting because uh, a part of me doubts that they were close. I, I believe that they might have given them a call and threw out something. Dude, they ha- the they Packers. had to have had something going on though, because if it if it was just one of the situations where they floated out a trade and the Packers were like, yeah, yeah, whatever, no, like they would have taken a QB. Like, well, I mean, at would've. the same time though. Who knows if their plan was to take a QB to begin with? 
considering that they have Drew Locke and they have uh, Teddy Bridgewater now. You know, those I, aren't good options. I, no, I agree, but maybe they think like, oh, we can do this for a year. I guess. I, I mean, the whole idea though about being at the spot in the draft is that you don't want to be here again. You don't want to be yeah. picking this high again. And the Broncos especially don't because they have a head coach who's like on the hot seat and they've got a roster that's built to win right now. They just have been flubbing through the past couple of years and not playing well because of their offense, mainly quarterback. And you've got a Justin Fields or Mac Jones sitting there. I think uh, if, if the report is true, I think that they called them and laid something out and the Packers were like, all right, let us think about it. And then they were like, oh, shit, we got a chance. But in reality, they never had a chance. Okay, but even if that is the situation, then the report has some validation. Yeah, absolutely. So, I'm not doubting your report. I'm just saying. I do damn good reporting, dude. Yeah, I don't doubt that for a second. <laughs> no, I really don't. I just uh, I just uh, watch videos and regurgitate. But. Yeah, but I, I, think, uh, I think it was a good pick. I don't know. It, it's... They they cut AJ Bouye this offseason. Yeah. So and you know they signed Kyle Fuller who I forgot they did that. Yeah. yeah they um they did get some help at cornerback. Uh, Kyle Fuller has not been what he was in the past couple of seasons. So I can understand taking another one. And now you know like you look at their cornerbacks, they got two solid ones. Kyle Fuller, solid. Nah, you know, but you know, if Patrick Sertain is who he thinks he is, he'll be a good corner. It, uh, it's besides QB, the Broncos are one of those teams. It seems like they have they had flexibility at that spot. They yeah. could have gone with Micah Parsons. They could have gone with mm-hmm. Quiddy Pay. They could have gone with a receiver. Like they O line, yeah. Which they seem like they could have done a lot. So it's a similar I, spot that we were in. I think that's why a lot of people pegged them to trade down. But there, but there's a difference though. They're in a spot where they're competitive and they have options. Yeah. We're in a spot where, where we, we are literally just have so many holes. We could have take taken anybody. Yeah, take yeah. a pick. No, so true. Last defensive player I wanted to touch on was uh, was Parsons falling to the Cowboys at um, twelve. Yeah, yeah. There was a bunch of weird trade stuff going on in that with the Eagles and like Cowboys mm-hmm. and like the Giants were. Wanting someone and the whole that whole little spot the first round was kind of weird. Yeah, so the Eagles trade up from twelve to ten, jumping the Giants. I assume the thought here was the Giants were going to take Devontae Smith at eleven, so the Eagles jumped them to take him at ten. The Cowboys, I mean, everybody. I I think every single uh, mock draft that I looked at had them taking Patrick Sertain at ten. So they were probably shocked and were like, all right, well, we could probably get Micah Parsons, but if we trade back, we could probably still get him and some draft capital. That's expertly done yeah, though, because they, once again, kind of just like last year with C.D. Lamb, they kind of just stumble into a really a good, good player yeah. with good value. Mm-hmm. And uh, they they moved back and they got a like a player that they – could use on their defense. I know like their linebacking core has been inconsistent. It's been injury prone. Yeah. Lee retired. That's, that's the, that's what you label that linebacking core injury prone. They Layton, just, Layton Vander Esch has been phenomenal monster. when he plays, right. which, you know, he obviously has troubles with, but now, you know, you look at that linebacking core and you're like, wow, that actually has some ground to it. It was nice too, to see the video of like, uh, of him getting drafted and like he, was like a Cowboys fan. He like wanted to go to Dallas really bad. And like, yeah. He obviously is thrilled with where he ended up in the draft. So mm-hmm. good for him. Good for his family. That's great. And uh, good for Dallas. They they played that really well. Yeah, they certainly did. All right. Let's get into some Lions talk. Oh, sorry. One more thing I want to talk okay. about. Okay. Yeah. Lay it on me. I was a little off my prediction here. Pick 15. Oh, God. But Kellen Mond did get drafted. Yeah, no, everybody knew that he was going to get drafted. You were the only one that thought he would go in the first round. He, he goes in the third round. Yeah. A little off again. Tiny bit. Just missed it by a couple picks. To the Vikings. To the Vikings. Which uh, that's going to really stick it to he'll me. Be, he'll be a good backup quarterback. I'm I, sure. 
all jokes aside, though, it is kind of interesting because Kirk Cousins has two years left on his deal. Yeah, I think they'll probably ride it out with Kirk for those two years. They, they have an option now. Yeah. They can, they can, they have a little card that they could play mm-hmm. if if Cousins, you know, the negotiations go a certain way. They can just be like, well, fine, we got Kellen Mond. We've been developing him for two years, and he's ready. I mean, that's that's a perfect situation. I mean, you look at that, that team, and that team has been. That team has plateaued like nobody else. You think about it, they were in the NFC Championship two or three years ago. And then since then, they've been middle of the pack NFC North. Part of me just feels like they should have just wrote it out with Case Keenum and just keep possibly you know, he's I mean, cheaper. He they had good. momentum. He yeah. played well. You know, it's a completely different situation now. And uh, Kirk Cousins instead they paid Kirk, Kirk Cousins, Cousins a shit ton of money. And for what? What do you have to show for it? No results. No results. Let's go! All right, now it's time to kind of look at what a lot of experts are saying, uh, one of the better drafts we've had in recent memory. I think the buzz around our draft is uh, is pretty positive right now. It is, yes. Um, so starting out with the first round pick, we're at seven. Somehow, thanks to the Bengals, Penny Sewell falls to us, um, which was your number one choice. Oh, I thought it was a fantasy, though, that he yeah. would follow us. I um, was dead set on him not being there at seven because um, I really did think that he would be taken at five. Um, but he falls to us at seven. We take him. We get the video of uh, – Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell absolutely losing it in the draft room. Yeah, Brad Holmes almost knocked up <laughs> Sheila, <laughs> which was awesome to see. It's it's really nice to see them celebrating that pick. You know, like when we had Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia, did you ever see anything like that? No, no. It looks like no a sort of camaraderie. Yeah, or like a, it, it's a fun environment. Like right. people are excited. Uh, I think it. So I was I wasn't with you on Penne at first because I was on the side that there are other holes that need to be filled. Our offensive line is already good as it is. Um, we didn't need one, but after reading more into Penne, seeing you know what people are saying about him, and the idea that now we have one of our best offensive lines in God knows how long. Probably ever since – I don't know how the offensive line was during Barry Sanders because I was like two. But if Barry Sanders was, you know, as good as he was, they probably had a decent off line, offensive line there. Well, okay. But more currently, right, you can make an argument that the Detroit Lions have the best offensive line in the NFL. You can make an argument. Yeah. Putting Penne there year one. Mm-hmm. And the guys we already have, and we'll get into Frank Ragdown a little bit here, but you can make an argument that, that is the best O line in the NFL. Yeah. So we have Taylor Decker um, coming off probably his best season at left tackle. Uh, Jonah Jackson developing, rising left guard. Uh, Frank Ragnow at center, who I think was a Pro Bowler. I don't know if he was last an year's first Pro Bowler. Yeah. Um, Vitae at right guard, which. Give spotty. or take. It's spotty. And then uh, assuming Penny Sewell at right tackle. I'm probably not assuming. You could probably say that he's going to be our right tackle next season. And I'm pretty sure we got some guys too, like on, you know, like behind those guys, like a like a Crosby and like some other pieces. Crosby, there. Uh, we took, uh, I think he's a guard, but we took that guy from Kentucky last year who I'm still excited about. I don't know how much he played. I don't actually don't even know if he's still on the team, to be honest. But I love him, man. This this yeah. pick was my absolute dream. Uh, I, like just the the idea of building this thing, which it seems like the Lions are kind of aligned with building this thing from the trenches out. Yep, it seems to be their philosophy, and they make this make the strongest part of your roster like concrete. Yeah, and then build upon that, and it, it benefits everyone. It benefits like DeAndre yeah. Swift, Jared Goff, right. Who are the two main people that we need to help benefit this season? Yeah, well, we talked about a lot with with these picks of let's give to a wide receiver to give him a chance, right? Uh-huh. The, I think it's the same idea with Goff. It's let's give him the best O line we can give him to give him a legitimate chance. I know people 
maybe are kind of scratching their heads about our receiving core right now. They did draft one later, Mm -hmm. but uh, I think for Jared Goff, from what we've seen of him in the past, this is what's going to give him an advantage in the NFL and like to be a good QB. Like he needs Mm -hmm. this kind of structure. And so to, to build out on that, you're so, you're so right. Jared Goff, when he was at his best was when the Rams were running heavy play action and for play action to be successful, you need to establish the run. And to establish the run, you need a good offensive line. Last year, you know, it was good, but this could be great. And if if DeAndre Swift comes out and plays like he did last season, he'll be better. He'll be really good this season. And that will help Jared Goff be the best quarterback that he can be. It was nice, too. Uh, Jared Goff did a little press conference uh i think it was like two days ago or so at this point uh-huh. um just they asked him you know point blank about dra- the lions drafting a qb they talked to you at all blah 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 and he uh he made it sound like he was pretty confident that they weren't going to do it yeah and uh that's got to feel good if you're him like if yeah you, it's, this whole thing is just if you're, you're rolling the dice on jared goff you gotta you gotta do it properly give him a chance he might not be so horrible like everyone's kind of thing like he might be all right we don't know it yeah. could be it could work out and you know it could actually pan out it could it could you know burn and be terrible and be mm-hmm. like a really bad trade it just oh, i mean I don't acquiring know. okay him. yeah okay uh but this is what you got to do to see what you got with him yeah no i totally agree uh so building out uh building the trenches up and then moving out was definitely the mindset uh, in the second round, 40, 41st overall pick, they take uh, – by the way, hold on. Let me say this before we get into the rest of these picks. Um, All these names. Yeah. The, I am the king of butchering names on this show. This draft class was the cream of the crop when it comes to difficult names. Yeah, it's bad. Second round, 41st overall, Levi – Anu was – I can't even begin yeah. to pronounce it. It's extremely difficult. He's a defensive tackle out of Washington. Um, I like the pick. Build that defensive lineup. This thing is is starting to – Yeah. Starting to like – It's starting to actually look good. If it, I mean, they take two defensive tackles back-to-back, Aleem McNeil – in the third round at 72 overall from North Carolina State, another defensive tackle. They have Michael Brockers. They have um, this uh, Aleem McNeil, this other guy from Washington. Don't even bother trying to say his name, Levi. I'll just call him Levi from here. Yeah, that's now. good. Um, Romeo Aquara. Romeo, Trey Flowers, who is spotty. But um, – if it, I think from what I'm hearing is they're trying to run a three-four, getting some bulky, big defensive linemen, defensive tackles to you know really plug up the holes there in the in the front. Um, it's going to be huge. So I, I love both these picks. I wasn't ecstatic about them at the time, but sitting back now, getting a couple of days to process everything, I, I I really like the idea that we're building this team from the trenches out. Look, I, I can't uh, I can't sit here and talk about all these picks because, truthfully, I don't know a lot about these guys. Mm-hmm. But what I can say is that we do know for a fact that Brad Holmes, his bread and butter with the Rams, was finding actual starting talent in later rounds and, like, developing yeah. – not just first round picks, but like guys in the third and fourth and fifth round. Like he's gotten that Rams roster in pretty good shape with late round picks. So if they think that this is the philosophy that they want to do and they want to build a team this way and they think they found value with all these guys, then I'm all for it. I like what I'm seeing so far. It's it's really promising. Um, one other thing that I'll say about Levi, he made headlines for his post-draft conference where he said, Flat out, I like f-ing people up, <laughs> which is like, yes, that is the mentality that Dan Campbell That's wants to build. Dan right yes, there. that is 100% the mentality that we want. So I'm really happy about that. 
Um, third round, 101st overall. Oh, God. Ifitu Melifonwu. Probably not even close. This is going to be a fun offseason move. But um, the cornerback from Syracuse, um, his brother apparently was a second-round pick in 2017, but is now out of the league. Big athletic corner. Uh, again, I, I like the pick, you know. We need bodies. We need bodies. I was um, in the camp for a linebacker that I, like, could actually tackle. But we get one in the later rounds. Um, we get more help at cornerback. We have Okuda and Awarmie, but Okuda's on the fence. Awarmie, you know, how good is he actually? So uh, some more help at corner never hurts. Well, we had the the worst cornerback group in the NFL last year. Yeah, not they even were not terrible. even terrible. Statistically, they were horrible. The whole secondary, the whole defense in general sucked last year. So I'm glad we win with heavy defense in this draft. Yeah, last year I remember people were complaining about how we didn't, you know, fill a lot of these defensive holes and like we had a bunch of missing spots in the defense, which were terrible. Well, first year, let's let's plug those holes the best we yeah. can, right? Yes, absolutely. Uh, fourth round pick, 112th uh, overall, Aman Ra St. Brown, wide receiver from USC. Uh, I saw a couple clips of him playing. He seems like uh, he seems like uh, Kenny Gade in the idea that he can go up and make a big catch. I have I have two questions about this guy. Yeah. The first one being, is he related to Equinemius St. Brown from the Packers? Is there any relation there? Yes. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's funny. Okay. Well, has one brother on a NFC North rival, so that's got to be. And I thought I, I thought I heard something else too. That that I guess my other question that is: Are they from Germany? Oh, I have no idea. Because like uh, when I saw like the post about him getting picked, I, I saw a bunch of like German flag emojis like in the comment section and people <laughs> talking about that, and I was like, okay, that's kind of weird. But no, I uh, we need more receivers. Uh, I, I do agree. I was, I was watching some plays. He kind of. He does kind of have a little bit of that Kenny Galladay like physical. I like, think I think Dan Campbell came out and said that he's not somebody who's going to run a four three, but he's going to be compete or he's going to be competitive. He's going to be tough, and yeah, I mean from the clips that I saw, he really does seem like he can go up and make a big catch. All the comments on again on social were saying this was a steal pick. Dave uh, Brinkett from the Detroit Free Press thinks that this is the biggest steal of the class. Wow, damn, yeah. Uh, and apparently this this draft class too was pretty loaded with receivers. So yeah, to get one this late sounds like good value. Mm-hmm. Uh, we really just need some some one of these young guys, whether it's him or Quintez Cephas, to just like really step up. They got to step up because this, they have this, to have a big year. This core is uh, paper thin. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we pick back to back after trading away a fifth rounder and next year's fourth rounder. Um, we take Derek Barnes, the linebacker from Purdue. Um, Campbell said that there's going to be some growing pains with this, but um, it, the pick was praised by ESPN's draft analysis, which is cool and all. The thing that I like shook me to my core, and now I'm all in on this guy. Apparently, he's already requested the number 55, classic linebacker number, yeah, and requested to play middle linebacker. Good. Right up my alley. Like if you come in and you start making tackles, I'm buying his jersey. I think the last linebacker to wear 55 was Stephen Tullock, I think. Something like that. I think so. Yeah. I was thinking maybe Levy, but he wore 54. Yeah. He's, yeah. yeah. But I think it's a great pick. Apparently, everybody else thinks so. You know, there might be some growing pains, but if he can develop into a legit middle linebacker, this defense is going places. Uh, I bet I, I bet he – this. This guy could be as good as Tavai this year. Absolutely. It's not saying much. I mean, yeah, I was going to say I could probably be better than Tavai (laughs) this upcoming year. I mean, that guy sucks. All right. Our last pick um, is super interesting. Jamar Jefferson running back out of Oregon State. He is uh, the third to last uh, player to go. Um, He apparently thought he'd go in the third or fourth round. Uh, he was fifth in college football last year in, uh, averaging yards 
from scrimmage per game, 154.2. Do you have any like kind of idea of what kind of back he is? Like, is he a better like runner, blocker, pass catcher? Like, do you have any sort of? I don't. I don't know anything about him. He doesn't look huge. Um, so my guess is he's probably a little bit more of a speed back. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if this guy was slated to go in the third or fourth round, which I mean, he said he was, but I don't know how accurate that actually is. Well, running back stock is at like an all time low seemingly. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So again, it's an interesting pick. He'll probably be the third string now. Yeah. Well, I think this is a, a pretty organic Segue, yes, yeah, into taking a a certain player's spot, yeah, leaving the team or left the team, yeah. Uh, so it it seems that they have high hopes in Jamar Jefferson, um, and Jamal. That sounds like that sounds like a a player, like like an NFL player, you know what I mean? Absolutely, it It also it also just screams Oregon State to me. I don't know why, but Jamar Jefferson, absolutely, um. So the Lions this past week end up uh, releasing Carrion Johnson, <clears throat> played for the team, I think, three years. This past one was his third year. Uh, drafted back 2017, maybe? That was 2018. 20, 2018 uh, in the second round? Second so. or third round, I'm pretty sure. I think it was a second-round pick. Yeah. Him and Swift were both second-rounders. Out of uh, Auburn. Uh, played pretty damn good his first year he was the first running back to get over 100 yards in a game since reggie bush which that just shows you how dated that is um the second year he gets injured um doesn't play a whole lot third year uh we have swift and ap he's kind of yeah yeah third passing or uh pass blocking running back at that point which he was probably the best running back at doing that in the nfl uh what like what this makes me think of is that i remember when like last year specifically we barely saw anything of him on the field and we were kind of all like where where's carry on he's healthy he's he should be playing and then he gets cut by this current staff Maybe maybe he is part of the problem. I mean, we we kind of like we kind of at the time were saying that oh, it's just Patricia not wanting to play him or something like you know blaming on them. But now look at they just cut ties. We just said no, nah, we're we're good. But yeah, I wonder I wonder how he fell off so fast. Like I injuries and um, Jamal Williams does offer. Did, oh, sorry, God. Yeah, when he did play last season, there was nothing spectacular. Jamal Jamal Williams seems like he offers a pretty similar skill set, and he seems like he's had a lot more success in the NFL. So I guess it's kind of like, well, why do we have two of the same guy, but one of them's inferior? I mean, not to be like blunt about it, but uh, I'm sad to see him go. I guess I mean he he did have a couple of nice nice plays in his time here, and Mm -hmm. remember that Dolphins game he came onto the scene was an awesome game, and like I still remember that like him just. A Lions running back looking good. Yeah, you know, I think I think Swift is encouraging enough for for me to not be too hurt about his departure. Oh here. yeah, I mean Swift was without a doubt RB one this year, and he uh, and Carryon already got picked up. He got signed by the Eagles, yeah. so he's he's gonna have another shot. Which that would be that, that could be a good fit for him. I just I just think this thing kind of soured, and and uh, he just it didn't make sense to have him on this roster. I think that he was a fan favorite. Um, so yeah, it definitely, it definitely does sour the taste a little bit, but at the same time, I, I was a huge fan of his, I have his Jersey. Um, at the same time, I don't not understand it. If that makes sense. Yeah. They, they can make a case for it. And yeah. it's, I don't, I don't hate the move. It is sad though. Yeah. So carry on, uh, leaves in comes Darren Fells. You said a familiar face. Has he played for us before? He has played for us. Oh, before. really? He I was didn't know uh, that. yeah. He was here. Uh, I, I think Patricia's first year. Mm. He was on the team. Uh, God, we had a. He, I think he was in that spot before we had Hawkinson, where it was like mm-hmm. it was Fells was and just Luke Wilson. Yeah, and like, it was just pointless, horrible. Yeah. Uh, so curious to see him come back. He actually was like, he was like tight end one. 
for the te- for the Texans last year. Oh, was he? Really? he yeah, I mean they're you know they're a mess, but yeah. but he was he was a big part of that offense. Every time I turn on a Texans game, I fuck, I saw him. I'm like, that's our buddy, Jared Bell. <laughs> uh, they they just add another tight end to this room, and it's like uh, it's getting pretty pretty big now, pretty beefy. Josh Hill, TJ, Darren Fells, two guys with good experience. One guy with uh, a ton of potential. So Darren Fells does have a ton of potential. You're right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Detroit. Um, and then finally, let's cap it off with uh, Frank Ragnow uh, signs uh, an extension and is now the highest paid center in the NFL. Uh, completely deserving. 100%. Especially after playing with like a what, a, a broken trachea last yeah. year, yeah. a fractured throat. And people were like, how do you play through that? I think he was doing um, he was doing uh, like sign language with Stafford to like communicate with him or something. That's so like that. Oh man, yeah. So super funny, but um, yeah, no, it it really just ties back to them committing to the trenches here. Uh, this is probably because Kenny's gone now. I guess you can label this as Bob Quinn's best pick that is a current lion still i think i don't think there's anyone else that you could make that argument for i'm trying to i'm going through my Currently, head yeah. here but uh he really really showed you know that he can be an elite offensive lineman yeah. center yeah in the nfl and uh, i'm glad that we didn't you know waste any time getting him a new deal or doing any contract negotiations no just get mm-hmm. it done he's here for four more years or i think four years on top of his yeah. next year uh yeah, like we just like we've been saying, they're building up the trenches, mm-hmm. and like this is a pivotal part of that. You should you cannot let him leave. Like this is yeah. not even an option for them. I um, our cousin Jake actually made a I think a really good comparison in the idea of um, he said I think Ragnow can lead the team like Jeff Saturday did for the Colts. That's cool, and I think that is so true. I think Ragnow can be one heck of a leader on the offensive line. Did you watch his uh? His, mm-hmm. his press conference when he got his new, his no. new deal. Um, so I just saw a, a clip of it, but uh, he got, he got like pretty emotional up there. Like he was like, just so happy that he's able to like continue playing for us. Well that, but also like being able to set his family up, like, you mm-hmm. know, like he's, he's in a spot now where he's like, he's going to be able to take care of like his, his family and his mom. Yeah. And like, that is talking, a really nice feeling. He was talking about how he like, uh, his dad's no longer with, with us, but like, uh, you know, he would have been taking care of the rest of his life and just like, it's just really like really great to see. And I'm glad that we have that kind of like character person, like yeah. being an anchor of this team. It's just, it's, it's a good feeling with this current setup. You get a lot of just positive feelings of like, Oh, there's some good people running the show or like that are being put in spots that are leadership. Like it's something that I don't think we're used to. We're all kind of, we're Lions fans. So we're kind of jaded and cynical mm-hmm. about the team to a degree, but like, just to have these positive vibes for a change is like it's it it gives me the fuzzies. It makes me. Feel uh, good. I was gonna say that's um, a good segue into I think our, our last little part here uh, about the Lions. Are we full on chugging Kool Aid now? Yeah, I mean, I, dude, I was like our second podcast. I mean, I was <laughs> chugging the Kool Aid, but I uh, think I'm in the same boat now. I mean, I can't. I like the draft was like my first real time where I was like. Because every move up to the draft, I was like, yeah, I agree with Brad Holmes. I love yeah. what he's doing. And then the draft, just because I don't know these guys that well, and it was an interesting strategy, I was kind of just like, okay, like I have questions, but like uh, – The like back-to-back back defensive tackles was definitely eyebrow-raising at the time. But now sitting back and you know thinking about it, I, I, I like those. I'm, um, I'm on board with what they're doing yeah. from a personnel-like standpoint – They've got an awesome coaching staff and front office set up. Yeah. I like how Sheila Ford is handling all this stuff. I like the roster as it's like we're putting more pieces in here. It's uh it's it's a bad it's gonna be a bad year, but like this roster seems like it's kind of a hodgepodge of some good players, some like we'll see if they can do anything players. Like it's it's interesting. I, I like the direction this a lot. It feels it feels different, it feels fresh to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, I totally agree. All right, that's going to do it for us. Thank you again for tuning in to another episode of Gridiron Zeros. 
appreciate you listening. Be sure to leave us a, a like if you're listening on YouTube or rate us on uh, Spotify, five stars only. And uh, leave, a, leave a comment, too, if you're on YouTube with what you think of the new uh, animated backgrounds. And yeah. uh, a little more production value starting to trickle into this thing as I have a little bit more free time now. So mm-hmm. starting to starting to make some improvements. Yeah, be sure to follow us on Twitter, too, at Gridiron Zeros. Um, and we'll catch you on the next one. See you later.